Tintin the other day here yeah. with a bunch of kids. There's like eight of them. Yeah. And um, Roman didn't want to do it. And then, so they all started. And then later on, I'm like, Roman, come on, just like have a little painting, a uh, little paint of a rock. Roman's five and a boy, obviously. Yeah. And he comes, what, what year was he born? 2015. Yeah, so him and Cody yeah, are the same. October. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because what is she? She's June. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so then he, he did come out and he did a little paint and I'm sitting there watching them all and then he gets up and he's like, <laughs> he goes, this is lame as hell. <laughs> and he just is like not impressed. I'm like, really? Oh. Yeah, he goes, this is lame as hell. He's like, it's just too boring. It's too boring. And then he just like off he goes, he walks off and I'm like, hilarious. Makes me love homeschooling even more too. Yes. like some people don't want to sit and paint a fucking rock. No. no. Like, you know, and I was like, go you, man. Cody and <laughs> I were doing, <laughs> Cody and I were doing a little activity that I thought would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, she really likes board games. So yeah. it, it, it had a dice mm-hmm. and it had like printed out on a piece of paper um, the picture of a dice and then a blank square and then another blank square. So you had uh-huh. to, and you had to roll the dice and draw the dots for whatever the dice you rolled. Oh. And then you had to like add them together and put the answer. Oh, yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, she'll love this. It's got a dice. She's been asking me for some yeah. more math sort of stuff. So we started doing it and she got like three down. She's like, this is boring. I don't like it. Can we do something else? I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whereas had she been in the classroom, yeah. she would have had to do all fucking 20 yeah. of them. And it's like all age appropriate because some people might be like, oh, but kids need to know that they have to do hard things in life. It's like, yeah, but age appropriate. Yeah, Does yeah. a five-year-old really need to do that shit? Like, oh yeah. my God. I was actually, um, I had like, you know when you just have those random little, I guess it's like an epiphany mm-hmm. where your thoughts just go down a track and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. I was talking, and I, so I was telling another homeschool mum and I feel like I've stumbled, she said the same thing. We feel like we've stumbled upon this amazing thing yeah do you ever feel like that sometimes i guess I don't you know, know. Like, yeah. it, like it's just so authentic mean, like, and genuine and in about about homeschooling or yeah. was there something in particular no like just, in home well yeah. so what made me get on this thought path was um you think about everyone that's successful in life yeah uh-huh. do you think it's their intelligence and skills that has made them successful or do you think it's their ability to make good choices um be disciplined um basically their yeah. emotional regulation yeah well i guess there's like fields of study dedicated to this question i know right but um yeah like i think it depends on what it is and yeah but t- i think all of them have a I have a play scene. I yeah. think if you're average, though, like if you're not especially skilled or anything, you could do whatever you want yeah. to a limit. You can't be in sports and stuff if you're yeah, yeah, yeah. left-footed. I don't know. But so everyone I know, and this is just my personal experience, obviously there's yeah. there's differences and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. so all the people I know that have thrown away a really good opportunity, it's not because their skills were limit limiting them mm-hmm. it's because of their personal boundaries yeah right you know okay. it's like it was too hard living away from family or um mm-hmm. their marriage failed or you know there was just all these different emotional things yeah. and that caused you know the failing of their career career right you know not um not their skills or lack of yeah, or their intelligence right. or lack of mm-hmm. so so then i was thinking we are shoving children in school at four years old. Yeah. We're shoving academia down their throats from four years old, which inevitably obviously pulls them away from play. Mm-hmm. Play is so crucial mm-hmm. to the core development of who yeah. you are emotionally, mm-hmm. physically, spiritually, everything. Yeah. Like play is just so... Did you see um, the other day, it said something like, when you learn something through play, it takes two to three times yes. to get it. Yes. And if you don't, if you're sitting at a desk... It takes like 300 repetitions? Yeah, it was like... 
it was crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and I've seen that for myself already. And we've only been doing this for what, four months, three months, four yeah. months. Cody, when, so when she was first starting prep, you know how they just start bang straight away on the sight words and yeah. stuff. She was struggling big mm-hmm. time and she was not interested at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. Whereas now because it's her choice, she mm-hmm. picks up a book and I, and I see yeah. her, she sits there and it's a, it's a book she couldn't read by herself, mm-hmm. yeah. but she'll sit there and she'll pick out the words she can read, so good. you know, and I haven't, I haven't done yeah. anything. This reminds me of like when I was at uni and play could be considered the prac of uni because yeah. it's the doing and stuff. Yeah. That's where I learned everything. Yeah. At uni itself, you're sitting there and it's a book and it's somebody telling you about something. And I'd never had any experience before it. So like, because there were some ENs and that that were doing the RN, so they knew exactly what they were talking about. But when you have nothing, like school kids, yeah. like what the fuck? Like you're this... And, like, people are like, oh, I learn by doing it. And, like, like they're special. I was just going like to say the same thing. How many like... people do you know, you know, when they say, oh, how do you learn? How many people do you know say, but from reading a book? Yeah. Very cool. few. Yeah, exactly. Most people, it's, like, from doing it and yeah. from making mistakes and, mm-hmm. you know, from yeah. actual life exactly. learning. I feel like when you learn from a book, it's 2D. And then when you learn from doing it, it's, like, a 3D experience. Like, you do yeah, get yeah, an understanding, yeah. of course, but it's not the depth to what it could be kind of thing yeah yeah I just feel like and I just feel so grateful that I've yeah taken the plunge to homeschool and so many people are like oh it must be so hard to to homeschool for kids and obviously only two of them are really sort of at that schooling age but Mm -hmm. I I have four kids and I work from home and it is so much Mm. better than school School's hard, man. School was so fucking School hard. Runs. There's always some bullshit you have to fucking <laughs> yes. do. It's, it's even worse than a Catholic. I swear they're like, because <laughs> they're all about community and family yeah, and stuff, right. which is great. Yeah. But I swear every day of the week it was something fucking new. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to remember to pay for something or to bring something or to take something yeah. or to do something. Oh my God. It was it's fucking annoying. Yeah. At the one we went to, they would get the kids to put their hands up at parade, up, but it looked like the Hitler, like oh, the yeah, Hail, yeah. Hail Hitler. And then, because all the kids' hands would fall a bit, and they're yeah, all yeah. the principal like this, and I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. Yeah. Just my kid, I just noticed Sophie and Roman because they were the ones that entered like kindergarten and school. Like they are just joyous all the time. They like yes. laugh, like everything they say, and they're giggling, laughing. Yeah. Like, oh, I love this shit. Like, yeah. The two little ones are already like that because they're just naturally. Cute. Yeah. They haven't been put through anything yet, but um. Yeah, I'm like, fuck yeah, man. Yeah, Tanner's yeah. a completely different kid now, and so is Cody. Like, yeah, I can't so even. Cool. Cody is. Just she was so quiet and yeah. shy, and I mean she still is to a degree, yeah, and I uh-huh. think that's just who she is. But yeah. she's definitely come out of her yeah. little shell the last few months. When like just when Roman is just like this is lame as hell. I was like fuck yeah, bro. Like yes. if you're at school, you'd never say that. And if you said lame, like they'd be like, oh, don't make fun of the activity. I've yeah, or sit down maybe, and do what you're Maybe told. you're a born ass teacher, man. Like yeah, fuck. yeah, yeah. So funny. Yeah, <laughs> lame activity, mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, okay, thanks for the feedback. <laughs> oh, so funny. So did funny. you see how Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are back together? No, but my father-in-law did oh, mention it. I didn't even so know. Cute. I didn't even know they were off. Oh, um, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was back in 2001, so I would have been in yeah, school, right. like when it was just magazines where you got so your stuff from. 2001 when they were together. Back when they were dating and like boyfriend. And then he went right. on to marry Jennifer, you know, the... Jennifer, what the fuck's her name? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, she did. She's on Alias. Did she do Suddenly Thirty? Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, her name? Fuck. That's gonna really bug me. She's another one that's not aging beautifully. Yeah, it's all the adrenochrome. 
Oh yeah, true. Could be that. But I mean, like, she doesn't have a face filled with. Yeah, but and and um, Paul Rudd. Have you seen those fo- oh, those photos where they um compare? Twenty years later. Yeah, they compare Paul Rudd in Clueless. Oh yeah. To right. Paul Rudd now. Oh yeah, and is he like the same? And he hasn't changed. Yeah. At all. I'm sure a really good cosmetics like industry can do that. Oh yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, but I'm just like the other day I found something on Instagram. It was showing like photos of Ben Affleck. And Jennifer Lopez, like, 20 years ago, and they're together again now. I don't know, there's just something so fucking cute about it. Yes, it is. I, I really have that You're like, comment. I really don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing um, I really know about Jennifer Lopez is that she does some pretty good chick flicks. You know, yeah, she's, a, she's I don't, actually a good actress as well. I don't her. mind I don't mind her movies. Like, Made in Manhattan is probably one of the ones I could watch over and over. Oh, yeah, true. Um, Did, the, do you remember that one where she was the beat up wife yes and she like and she fucking, kicks his ass yeah she like learns yes. stuff and what like kills him yeah that was really good yeah really good um yeah it's funny i've been watching so did you ever watch friends a bit like mum and dad did well mum probably see i was i was too i was just a bit too young yeah. mum was like no this is inappropriate like you're not watching mm-hmm. it um it, it was my sort of it was my sister's Okay. My sister used to watch it, but I was too young, so I yeah. wasn't allowed to watch it. So I've never watched Friends. And right. Chris, because he had older sisters, he's like, how the fuck have you never watched Friends? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I've started watching it on Netflix. And um, it's actually been such a, bre- a breath of fresh air. Because it's like simple-ish? Yeah, and yeah. because they used to... It was okay back then to take the piss out of each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're just always hanging shit on each other yeah. and there's none of this political correctness crap. And yeah. um, so I've just finished the season where Phoebe is pregnant. She's a oh, surrogate yeah. for her brother. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Friends aren't isn't a deep show. They don't get yeah. into the depths it's of... It's comedy, yeah. They don't get into the... And I actually laugh. Yeah. Into the surrogacy side of it. But... It was so nice to see. So she's she gets pregnant with triplets. Do you yeah, remember? Yeah, vaguely. She and and she has one scan with an OBGYN. Yeah. And she gives birth naturally. Yeah, right. And it's not this big fucking dramatic ordeal. Yeah. She's just on the bed and she's like, yeah. And a baby comes out and then, yeah. and then another one comes out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Thinking, if Friends was done again today, can you imagine? That's not representing how because nearly all triplets are cesarean. Would be a cesarean. And, yeah, yeah, cesarean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I only know I only know of one triplet birth. Yeah. You know within our community right. that was born vaginally. Yeah, right. I've I, had a couple. I remember watching a story of a woman, her children are older now, but she used to have a blog and she had triplets. And the, the video of the birth is online, but it was fucked because um, she rocked up. And the obstetrician that had agreed to a vaginal delivery. Massive eye roll there. Yeah. <laughs> um, he wasn't on, so this other young fuckhead came in and she was just this baby. And, like, the mother commented later, like, because she was on her back delivering them. She came naturally. I was na- gonna say how 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 long, um, what gestation were they? Oh, God, I couldn't even tell you. I watched this a few years ago, but they were they were fine. I don't think close enough. To do Nicky, nothing like that. Yeah, but yeah, and um, she watched because they had obviously her and the obstetrician had gone over what she wanted. Or yeah, and obviously like with breaches and stuff because I'm sure there was a breach. Oh, yeah, surely out of breach. three, there would be yeah. one breach. Yeah, and I think it was might have been the last one. But, um, like, the the main thing is, is, like, hands off the breach. Like, don't touch it. Let them do all the manoeuvres. And then in some circumstances, you do need to do something. 
Anyway, but this doctor knew nothing because we don't do breach anymore. And the baby had come out. I'm sure the head was in it. And this fucking doctor, you should have just... This baby was like a rag doll. The doctor's pulling this way, that way. This baby's going all different directions. And, like, thank fuck it wasn't injured. Because you can literally disable a child by doing this. Oh, like, yeah, holy shit. And so she just said she was disgusted. Because she didn't know at the time. She's on her back in La La Land. Yeah, she yeah, labor. yeah. And I, when she watched it. But I was like, holy fuck. And um, I'm sure she had had... She had a fuckload of kids because she always talks about her um, last... Then she had a singleton pregnancy after this triplet pregnancy and she said it was the hardest pregnancy because whatever it was, but she had a... Well, it was I don't know if you class it as dystocia? Shoulder dystocia. Dystocia, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, I'm like so like... Um, but it was a water birth and she said this baby and her next baby was massive like yeah. it was I don't know what it was but she had a lot of trouble um, birthing it and um, she had to like get out of the water and do running like a running man's yeah, dance yeah. and the baby was born but she said her triplet delivery was actually easier than that last I've heard time. a lot of people say that about twins too yeah. and then even like um, you know raising twins compared to a singleton yeah. I've had a few mums say uh, like I've commented saying oh your singleton must be so easy because you've had twins before and she's like no actually the singleton's harder yeah. Because the twins always kept each other company. Interesting. Yeah. You know, she like said she could. Body. Yeah, she said she could put the um, twins down in the bassinet or cot together, and they'd keep yeah. each other company, and they'd just fall asleep, and and they'd sleep longer because they had each other. And yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I have a friend who had twins, and the story of breastfeeding just seems like the hardest story I've ever. Oh, heard. breastfeeding a singleton. Once they're asleep and done, they're done. Whereas this, what she said, yeah, it's just around yeah. the clock, and you have to decide yeah. what like to feed at the same time and then it just you can't reach for anything and I was yeah like, yeah oh, brutal, man. it would be I, I remember reading one um a blog of a breastfeeding a, a woman that breastfed triplets exclusively yeah and she never it. pumped yeah wow that's interesting yeah it'd she be was, a job a full-time job yeah she she was it's on a full-time job when you have one exactly baby. yeah um you know meg nagel the milk meg mm-hmm. she it was a client of hers and she oh, shared wow. her story and she said she basically just lived on a queen-size mattress in yeah. the lounge room yeah. for the first eight months of her Literally life like a chimpanzee yeah she said until they started eating a bit more mm-hmm. uh, which is sort of where i'm at now with river yeah they she said i just we just lived she said we slept there we spent yeah. all day there mm-hmm. and that was just what they did fucking epic man <laughs> yeah. we such hard yards but after that i couldn't imagine how you Oh yeah, for sure. Imagine, imagine being able to say to yourself, "I, I exclusively breastfed triplets." She would have to have an. She'd have to be eating around the clock. Oh yeah, can you imagine the? So it's like fifteen hundred calories a day, (laughs) roughly. You know, yeah, it's insane. Epic man. Um. So the last week, I've had conversations with women, um, who are either related to other women or friends with women, who so all three had cesarean births. Mm Mm-hmm. One was elective, cesarean, straight off the bat, didn't even... Just um, non-medical reason? Just non-medical. For, yeah. Didn't even contemplate giving birth, just wanted a cesarean. Mm-hmm. And then the other two were um, cascade of interventions, fucked over, mm. ended up in C-sections. Mm-hmm. Um, and all three women, out of the three women, only one is still breastfeeding. Mm. All three women are voicing um, dis- big time disconnections from their babies Mm. um and the language that is around them um so one of the women is a family member of mine and so Mm -hmm. i was talking to my mom and just saying you know have you heard how 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 she doing how they're going and my mom says (laughs) to me i'm gonna read the messages because i just can't get it out of my head it's fucking me off (sighs) here we go so, mum said, um, 
what'd she say? She said something about, um, I didn't want to give her too much advice until she's a bit more settled. She might not appreciate it at the moment. Um, and then I said, yeah, I said, gosh, yeah, it is so hard the first time around. They'll figure it out though. What works best for them and their baby. Mm -hmm. I think what's most important, more important than advice is support, comfort, knowing that yes, it's fucking hard and no, you're not, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Also reassurance that they know their baby best. All Mm -hmm. they have to do is listen to their baby. Yeah. And then my mum's right. My mum's like, yeah, exactly. Which I have told her. It's hard for us all the first time. And I hoped her doctor would reassure her she is doing a great job. I don't... And it's just such an... It's just... It it was just such a simple comment made in passing. And I doubt my mum even... Has... Has any thought into what she's saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why the fuck Mm -hmm. would a new mum ever... Yeah. Need a doctor <laughs> to tell her mm-hmm. she's a good mum. I know, right? And why would we ever rely on a doctor for that reassurance? And how retarded are you to give retarded for good reason? I understand why we get retarded in the way we do. With like, like, why do you put so much weight in this fuckhead's opinion? I know, who like, gives a what, fuck like, what I the doctor thinks? I wouldn't give two fucks what a doctor says about anything that I do. Maybe a midwife slightly more... Now I wouldn't give a fuck, but I'm just thinking back on how I've been in the past. But I'm like, what the fuck? But it's once again, it's this whole like doctors are the were the priests. It's the same thing. It's you like, know what? I don't. But but then even it, even go further back. I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks of my mothering. Yeah. Except my husband. Yeah, yeah. Are you happy with the way I'm raising our children? Yeah. As long as you're happy yeah. and I'm happy. Case fucking closed. I think like you know back in the day, because like, I felt it with when you'd go and get immunized and you go to your the nurse comes over and they weigh your baby and like yeah, yeah, my yeah. babies were so massive all the time and I always felt so good for someone to be like, oh my <laughs> god, your baby's put on a kilo in the first year like, yeah. in the first month or something and you're like, oh, I feel so good. Yeah. So I feel like it's extrapolated off that type of shit. 100%. If a doctor came over and told me, I'd be like, oh, okay, like because I don't think I have much respect for yeah, like... Yeah on that level but um i think for like the average joe like if a doctor says something and then it's a, they'll just go tell why, I don't know, like why have we given them all this authority and doctors to, one, have to nothing even, to do with maternity and like mother health like they have nothing to do with and, it and, and you know all those well checks and shit yeah you know we obviously signed out obviously after tana was six months old so i have yeah. forgotten what how deep people are involved yeah with the medical world as soon as they have a baby mm-hmm. so what is it um six weeks Two months, four months, yeah, six months, I've got the twelve months, eighteen months. Mm-hmm. So all, all this time, and then of course in between those, your kid gets sick. You know, yeah. they get the sniffles. You go to the doctor. They get a cough. You go to the doctor. They get a fucking rash. You go to the doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How often in the first two years of life mm-hmm. are babies seeing? Are, are babies going to the doctor? Yeah. And mothers would just be, oh, here's my authority on my children yeah. on a platter, handing it to their doctor. Yeah, exactly. Who does not give a fuck about exactly. you? Exactly. And this is where people might consider us to be like anti-woman or whatever. And yeah. it all depends on what wave fucking feminism you're into. Because there's so many <laughs> different types of them. But it's like, this is where I like the radical feminist types in the birthing world. Because they're like, they're not saying this to disempower the woman. They're just saying like, you are actually more authoritative than that doctor. Don't hand your... Any day of the week. Yeah, like, you are so powerful. And this is where me and you are like, don't fuck. Yeah. Don't worry about them. Like, you are the judge and jury on your own fucking kids. Yeah. And if, are you doing a good job? Like, do you think you are? Like, what? I don't know. Like, it's all about... you. Once again, you're handing over the... um, Not... 
like it's power I suppose over their opinion on you but it's more like you want you're wanting that feedback from somebody yeah you're so you're so and afraid the, mm, of making the wrong choice yeah. that you need this external reassurance yeah. constantly yeah. that you know what you're doing uh-huh. instead of just looking at the little human in front of you yeah. and going what the fuck do you want like you, yeah you don't need the commentary from this no. system because the system don't give a fuck they tell the mums that come in and, the, and also because western medicine barely picks up on actual like there's a thing that I read the other day it was like the, a naturopath or whatever said oh, it was something crazy like 80 something percent of people he picks disease up in were told by an allopathic allopathic is western medicine basically yeah, GP, a prescription a yeah, surgery like, what, university trained type types yeah. do and he said like it's like 85% of his patients that he picks up disease in were told by their allopathic doctor, which is a GP, you're fine. Yes. Because they just go I off think the I basic saw that blood. too. Yeah, yes. and I was like, that makes total sense because yeah. I'd go get my bloods done and they're like, you're fine, you're fine. Whereas I've seen a naturopath in the past that said like, you're gonna, you're heading down the celiac path, mm. you know, whereas a, a GP would never pick it up until I have celiac disease and my body's And damaged. until you are so chronically inflamed, inflamed exactly. that it's unavoidable. Exactly. Yeah. And Oh, where the fuck was I going with that thought? Babies, mothers, <laughs> yeah, doctors. God damn. Oh, it happens to happens to me all yeah. the time. Um, I can't remember what I was gonna say, but yeah, it was just. Um, I think it it becomes more empowering the less they're involved. Like, I don't know. But they need <laughs> they need us in that position. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, oh, so I was at the gym. That's what I was gonna oh. say. Sorry. No, that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, like with um so like these doctors that tell you when you go with your new baby to the well check thing yeah. and they immunize your baby and they just do the basic measurements and how are you going they will be like you're doing a great job they say it to everybody they yeah. will say it to a mum who has a clearly underweight baby and the baby's struggling with whatever's going on and the mother's exhausted and underweight herself and like not eating and depressed but if it's like something they can just wash over, they'll be like, "Oh, you're doing a great job." There, there could be a mum comes in who is like smoking mm. cigarettes, breastfeeding, all of this shit, and be like, "You're doing a great job." Like they don't actually when they say it, it's just a compliment. It's just a shallow compliment. Like and, don't put so much weight into it because yeah, and we the, don't know what's going on actually with these mothers and babies. No, it's like no one does. Thirty minute visit, like yeah, exactly. Don't, they don't let them, you know. And they give the same advice to everyone. Not only do they tell everyone that, yeah, you're doing a great job, Mm -hmm. woohoo, stick at it. Mm -hmm. They give the same advice. So you go in there, you've you've had this baby six weeks, you've got no fucking clue what you're doing. You go in there and you go, oh my God, he cries all the time. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's normal. Is it though? Yeah, yeah. Because they don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't know when he cries, why he cries, how long he cries yeah. for, the pitch of his cry. Mm-hmm. They don't know any of that. Exactly. But the mother does. Yeah. You could sit there and you could tell the doctor all those details, mm-hmm. but they're still only going to hear the baby cries. Exactly, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. That's why I, I will never understand why a doctor would ever question the thoughts, experiences, and opinions of a mother when, you know, when they take him into the emergency room and they're like, something's wrong. Yeah. The mother is never fucking wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many times do you hear stories of the doctor sending the mother home when mm-hmm. the child's actually really yeah. fucking sick? Mm-hmm. You exactly. know? And once again, it goes back to pregnancy. Like, you can get all the CTGs in the world, all the bullshit in the world. The only thing that's been shown to actually pick up a problem is the mother the feeling mother. reduced fetal movements or just feeling the baby's off. That yep. trumps everything. Yep. Hence why when you want to have a wild pregnancy or whatever, it's like, I don't need to have a doctor. I don't need no, to have a CTG. Like, no. it's, like, it's like, 
evidence-based, yeah. I'm going to be the first one that picks it up. Yeah. And I will go to the hospital immediately if I feel something's off. And I will put a fucking CTG on yeah. if I'm super worried because I yeah. felt my baby. Like, yeah. Because even if you get a Doppler every fucking whatever couple of weeks, it's not going to... Your baby could be alive and well today and dead tomorrow. It doesn't fucking matter if you no. had a Doppler. It's not and a they, crystal ball. When they say to you, your baby sounds really good. What the fuck does that fucking mean? Yeah. It's got a heartbeat. That's yeah. all it means. At this point in time, at this moment, it's got a Their heartbeat. heart's beating, yeah. That's all it means. When I was pregnant with River, there was a um, lady on Instagram that I was following. Um, yeah. I found her because we were pregnant at exactly the same time. Our due dates were like three days apart. Yeah. And... Um, she went quiet on socials because nearly because she had a, like a um, personalized gift page, so okay. she was posting stories all the time. But then right. she went quiet, and I'm like, oh, she must have had the baby. Yeah. And then a few days later, she posts like a little picture mm. of Bub's hand, and and she'd had a stillborn, oh. and I freaked out obviously because I'm pregnant, yeah. and I'm like, oh my god, you know, this could be me. Yeah. Um, but she even said in her statement, like in you know what she told everyone, she was mm. like, um. We went in for the, a routine scan because mm-hmm. she was it was her due date, so she went in for a routine scan and everything was fine. Baby was great, no worries. And then I think it was like three or four days later, she didn't feel baby. Mm. And I, I eventually got to the point where I was like, she did everything yeah. in quotations right. Mm-hmm. She had every scan, every test, everything exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was still her that detected that baby had stopped moving. Yeah. It was still her that took herself to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Those scans, those tests, those Dopplers, everything yeah. meant shit mm-hmm. up to that point. Exactly. Because her, hu- her tiny human had been perfect. Yeah. And then something went wrong. Mm-hmm. And no one can control that. Exactly. It's, it's just a really shitty thing. Birth is as safe. Well, not birth. I love that saying now. I always think yeah. that now. Birth is as safe as life. Yeah. Not, there's no guarantees. You could no. have the most controlled pregnancy. Yeah. And it could. You, you just don't have control over life. And no. I suppose it's a good thing when you're entering motherhood because you don't have children and like everyone could die at any minute. Like yes, you could be yes. so like. There's no guarantees, I guess. But um, yeah, and that's why. I would free birth because yes. it's like, um, I'm not going to put myself through no. the fucking circus. A friend of mine um, who used to live in Mount Isa now lives in Sydney. Yeah. And um, her hubby, I don't know the circumstances surrounding her hubby's first loss, but yeah. he, to a previous relationship, has lost a child. Mm. Um, and from what I gather, the baby was a stillborn. Yeah. Um, so obviously he has a bit of trauma surrounding birth. Mm-hmm. Their first bub together uh, was born in hospital. Yeah. Just your normal cascade of interventions, pretty mm. okay vaginal yeah. delivery. Um, but now with all the lockdowns and all the shit happening down there, yeah. um, she messaged me and she's like, I'm really thinking about a home birth. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> yes. Yeah, man. Do yeah, it. And like... I, every time anyone mentions, I'm thinking about home birth, I'm like, do it, do it, yeah, do yeah. it. Literally. <laughs> you will never. You can always go to the hospital. You can. But you once you're in hospital, <laughs> you can't go fuck I wish I was at home. Exactly, yeah. There's no going back. Exactly. Me and you, though, we would. Like, if, if I went to hospital, yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. I see some of the mums that were having babies, I'm like, at this point, I would get the fuck up and leave. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do, motherfucker? Like, I'm going. Like, you yeah. know. Um, that's the problem, I think. Once you have, like, a understanding of birth, you realise the things you fucking panic about and you think you need to be at a hospital for. Yeah. Like, if you're well and healthy, you know, everything seems okay. Um once you start re- realizing like when stillbirths happen, that's not caused by the birth. No. Like, you're, like, you know, there's so many things that happen. And there was a thing the other day and it said, what invention has done more 
damage than good or whatever you yeah. know and they talk and like you know people bring up all types of things but like the ctg that that so that's that strap they put on your belly and they like measure the heartbeat or whatever and they just fucking buzz your baby's brain with yeah, radiation literally. the entire time you're in um, labor you know um that thing like it's been shown time and time again it has not re- reduced c-section it hasn't, rates no, it's increased increase c-section it. and it, it hasn't improved infant mortality rates exactly no, like no. all babies that they were like oh no like they're starved of oxygen and this is gonna pick it up it's never been proven no i remember sitting at uni because the same with those um that. those fucking uh, don't don't Scalp electrodes. yeah don't don't call it a, a pin clip. It, it, don't call it a clip it's yeah. a fucking screw oh, no, right. You know, yeah. I reckon before a mother agrees to that, they should get the doctor to screw it into their arm. Yeah. And then go, mm, if you don't want to screw that into your baby's head, yeah. decline. Yeah. I think, yeah, like when when you're talking like a super a super morbidly obese woman that's having a baby and the CTG's not picking it up. I don't know a superly, I, I know plenty of normal sized mothers that have had those fucking oh, screws totally, installed. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. I've never heard of it being installed on a superbly, I mean, most would just get taken for a cesarean anyway. Mm. It's just like... This is the problem with, because uh, then at that point, even if I was superly morbidly obese, and they're like, "We're gonna do that," you wouldn't be like, in hospital. I'd be, I'd be like, "Fuck off the CTG!" Like, I, don't, I won't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want it. Like, yeah. but the thing is, it's said to you, "We need to have it to monitor the baby," even though they know because they will teach you it at uni. It's not improving outcomes. It's yeah. causing more C sections. But on the side of you know, once again. Don't get an epidural. Don't lay on your back. And half your fucking problems... Don't get induced. Half your fucking problems. Like, 80% of your fucking problems are done. You don't need to be monitored now. No. Once you have synthetic oxytocin floating through your body, maybe you need to be monitored because you're fucking with Mother Nature now, motherfucker. Yeah, because all the hormones that would previously have protected your baby aren't protecting your baby. It's hilarious that staff that work there and do that to women every single fucking day have a problem with home birth. You're like, you literally have no concept of what unsafe practices... Like, how inherently unsafe this is yeah. to do this to a woman to bring a baby into the world for no fucking reason other than like oh well her sh- sugars are slightly higher yeah the yes. baby might be bigger oh she's three days over but even the language women use around birth like mm. i was having a discussion with my sister um a couple of weeks ago and she was saying um she actually i'm surprised she brought up the topic with me because she knows i'm really passionate about it and it's usually yeah. one of those topics that we <laughs> just avoid yeah. because we very rarely see eye to eye mm-hmm. but she actually said that um you know she hates how nearly every woman experiences birth trauma and I was like I don't actually know anyone that doesn't hasn't experienced birth trauma and my sister was like oh well I haven't Mm. I was like oh true Mm. but she chose and she wanted an OBGYN led pregnancy and birth Mm -hmm. so she wanted the epidural she wanted all those things Mm -hmm. so she's easy to please yeah you know Uh whatever and and she sits in her it it is her safety level Mm -hmm. that what the OBGYN is says is Mm -hmm. safest Mm -hmm. there's no if buts or maybes and she's happy to do that yeah and there's a lot of women out there that feel that way Mm -hmm. and that's great Mm -hmm. if you chose that and that's what you got Mm -hmm. fantastic yeah I'm so happy that you enjoyed your experience yeah but there is a vast majority of women who Mm -hmm. feel different Exactly. And because we clash with what those OBGYN, mm-hmm. you know, systems are dictating, mm-hmm. that's when we come into problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was saying, but it, just the language she used, she was talking about another friend um, of hers and she said, oh, um, her babies were too big and her hips were too small. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a, such a bad 
basic bitch thing. Isn't like, it? But how many people even say this that? This was out of the words, of, out of oh, the mouth of a woman, God. and and then because then on the reverse, she even said, "I'm lucky. I have small babies and wide hips." Oh, what? And I always have to shut it down because I'm like, I'm a pretty tiny woman. Yeah. I have no hips. Yeah. Um, the best birth I experienced. Yeah. Was my nearly ten pound baby. Yeah. And. If you grow up in Yemeni, Yemen, yes. and you're a Yemeni, and you have rickets because you have been malnourished your whole life and yes. you didn't develop, yes, your hips will cause a problem. If you're a well-nourished Aussie who has access to fucking food and medical care or whatever, you probably will birth your baby fine. Like, rickets yes. is nearly the only thing. Unless you have crazy out of control Unless, diabetes and, and your baby of, has, like, macrosomia, actual macrosomia, yeah. not just, like, oh, it's a slightly big baby. Yeah, yes, not, you could have a problem. And I've heard of women who have had, you know, car accidents and had to have their pelvises yeah. reconstructed uh-huh. and stuff. I've heard of that being mm-hmm. an issue, but yeah. that is one in every fucking, yeah. what, three million? Yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> this is the thing, too. Like, I went to this thing once here and it was some chick talking to us, some minister, um, and I brought up something about home birth. And then she was like, oh, the home birth was like, because down south, obviously, there's massive home birth, home birth communities that are lobbying all the time for more access to home birth and stuff. And um, she said, oh, the home birth, you know, mob are very loud and they're very, you know. And I was just like, yeah, because we don't have our needs met. Like yes. you just said, the yes. women who, I want an obstetrician, I want to be induced at 39 weeks, yep. I want an epidural. Yeah. I, they will probably get it. You yes. will get it. Yes. So imagine, cunt, if I said to you, no, actually, we're not going to induce you at 39 weeks, you can wait. Yes. And if they came into labor, I said, we're not in, uh, giving you epidural because it's worse outcomes for you. And Imagine how you would fucking exactly. feel, bitch. So imagine being us and I'm like, I don't want to be induced and you're bullied. I don't want an epidural, but you're pushed into it because they don't know how to look after you with pain in labor because the hospital's retarded. Like imagine being told you can't do it. That's why the home birth community, the free birth community, women who would just want to fucking have a baby normally are passionate and we are fucking loud about it because yeah. we don't have our fucking needs met like you do. So it's like, case closed, you're fine, you're looked after. Yes. Also, I've seen this hierarchy of needs thing years ago I shared it and I could never find it again and I wish I did and it was like I think this also goes to women. Yeah, I think I've seen it. It was like, yeah, and I was like, spot on, because, you know, when people go, like, you had a healthy baby, you're alive, like, what, what do you want? Yeah, the baseline is, a, is an alive baseline. baby, yeah. which is fucking disgusting. Yeah, and, I, and it was just like, I just want more than you. Like, I don't, I'm yeah. not selfish or anything for wanting to have a normal birth. Like, yeah. I just want, your standards for yourself are lower, really. Yeah. Like, yes. you just want to be alive, and maybe you don't want to feel the pain, whereas I do. And it's just like, I don't know. Like, so, so I think some people who aren't aware of it because they've grown up in our culture, which is so... With conversations like small hips and big babies. Exactly. And their mother had probably a horrible birth, so they've been told it the whole life. So they're conditioned completely to be like, yeah. I just want to be alive. Yeah. And then, then, like once I've said it before, like in these free birth, home birth groups, most of the women have epic birth trauma. They've had yeah. lot. They've had stillbirths. They've had hemorrhages. They've had emergency C-sections and stuff. So it's not like... They are aware that they want to live too, but that's on the pyramid. Like, that's the base level. Like, yes, yeah. that's what we all want, actually. Yeah. You're not special for saying that. Yeah. We just want <laughs> yes. more. Like, that's our base as well, but we just want more than that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fuck, I love it. I, I love it. Yeah. It's epic. Um, 420. Oh, no, 429. Um... Sorry, PCR test? Yes. It happened the day <laughs> I know, we, we recorded our last one. I just couldn't. I just can't. When I it happened, can't. I was like, damn. Yeah. Um, 
So we sort of hashed over what a PCR test is in our last episode. Um, and a diagnostic tool. It's a diagnostic tool that they've been using globally for the last 18 months. Although in the UK they do use a rapid antigen test okay. as well as the PCR mm-hmm. testing. And the PCR inventor guy has always yes. been wary of this. Yeah, right? he's always said it's not accurate if you run it above 20 to 25 cycles. Mm-hmm. And he said it was never invented to be used as a diagnostic tool for viruses. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, and he conveniently died in 2019. Yeah, <laughs> and if you were to share his information, you'd be like, you're, it, it's you're just it's labelled as mul- as false. I've tried. It's labelled as false information, and it comes up with that. You know, with that, like that grey yeah, screen, morning. you can't see it unless you click on it. Oh my god, yeah, it's fucked. <laughs> um, anyway, so the CDC have on the quiet. What day was it? It was a Friday mm. afternoon. Um, they quietly released a press release saying that. Um, they now are retracting their support of the FDA to use PCR testing as diagnostic um, tools for COVID-19 because it's unable to distinguish between COVID and influenza. Yeah. So is this not what us tinfoil hat fucking wearers have been saying Mm -hmm. every day since April last year? Yeah. And this would explain why when you look at influenza charts that it's a constant influenza hits every year. Yeah. It's been constant. And, and, it's and it peaks and it peaks in winter. Yeah. Low vitamin D mm-hmm. always peaks in winter. Yeah. And then it drops off again. And, yeah. and and you can even see that globally, you know, obviously with the yeah. southern versus the northern hemisphere. Mm-hmm. America, England, all the northern countries will be experiencing low influenza numbers when we're experiencing yeah, high exactly. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. It, 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 and then all of a sudden it went away. And that goes back as far as we have recorded history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then miraculously Honestly, yeah. when we have COVID-19, yeah. influenza completely disappears. Yeah, that's what people said. Like, um, I seen somebody, like, uh, that Erin, Elizabeth, the health nut, the health nut. She was on the disinformation. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think she's actually with Dr. McCullough. I thought they were a couple, but I'm oh. not sure. But um, she was saying, like, she bets it's just like they would test you first for COVID. Yeah. As soon as you have COVID or he picks it up or whatever, it's, that's what it's assumed to be. Yeah. Even if you have influenza or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, once again, it goes... And then also... Too many thoughts at one time. But yeah. fucking Twitter had this thing. They have, like, fact-checkers, which is... Oh, fact, these fact-checkers have been blown out of the water a hundred times for their shit. The other day, they were talking about how... Uh, vaccine coercion isn't against the Nuremberg Code. Like, they had this whole, like, fact-checked... And I'm like, oh, the basic fucks reading this, believing this shit. You like, you're a little Twitter worker and you're going to tell me that you, you know about the Nuremberg Code and you're going to tell us all it's not being breached with this? Like, so then they had a thing after the PCR, PCR test was basically the CDC said we're not backing it at, a, a, anymore. Because, From December. Yeah, we can't, you know, it's not yeah. differentiating or whatever, diff, whatever that word is. Um, and they were like fact check and they did a little fact check and it was all like no but actually but, it, but they didn't really actually say too much they just said no. like in some cases yes it can still pick up COVID because you've got COVID what they said was just ridiculous and then what was my uh, so like we've discussed and seen okay first like that 30 year old woman that died of yes. COVID yes she just, had a, did you see that she had um, myocarditis she had a she had a, um, a heart infection had she been vaccinated they will not say <laughs> they say that it's medical her medical records oh, are confidential sure. so who knows I mean I would say so if my because myocarditis is recorded yeah. as a mm-hmm. adverse event so and it, it's so frustrating like um, 
with her, that woman, she was 38 years old and died yep. from COVID. Once again, how was she diagnosed with a PCR test? So yep. did she just have influenza? Because people do die from influenza every year and we don't need yes. to lock down everybody. And so the other thought I had, right, you know how um, like the influenza numbers are you know, up and down, up and down. So they would only be the people that when you're so sick that you go to the hospital. Yeah. But how many times, like myself, you, you said you don't think you've had the flu. But I might have but not been as symptomatic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I know I've definitely had the flu once in adulthood. Mm-hmm. Didn't go to the hospital. Yeah. Didn't mm-hmm. get diagnosed. I've never had a swab for the fucking flu in my no. life. Yeah. yeah. And no, no one I know, my parents have I, I personally only know one person, and it was a little girl, mm-hmm. and she only got swabbed because she was admitted to hospital. Yeah. she was severely dehydrated, mm-hmm. and, you know, she just needed a little bit more support. Yeah. So that's only the only person I know in my entire life that's ever... Yeah. So imagine how many cases of the flu there actually are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And exactly. We just don't have the number. But... Yeah. And, and we, we're not mandatorily testing 30,000 people know. each state yeah. for the flu. Mm-hmm. So the flu numbers would be in the millions if we were actually testing people but we're not and with this chick i think that fuck with again i don't know why he keeps showing up maybe because i'm this phone can sense me like so angry you know carl's (laughs) the fucking morning show he's going on about like going in and just the tactics like i've read I haven't read. I've read maybe a quarter of Noam Chomsky's Manufacturing Consent. Yeah. It's so good, but it's it's often about, like, political movements that put things in the media. Like, the media is the biggest part of it to, like, start wars and all this shit. Because yeah. they get people thinking. And you just, you see some of the shit that's happening and the way they're talking about stories. And you're like, that's not the issue we're talking about. Just, anyway, so Carl was basically like, um, people... Because people were having questions about this 38-year-old that died. Because they yes. said that a woman in her 30s have died from COVID. And he's saying, like, how disgusting of people to question this. Because um, people were just saying, did she have underlying conditions? And they were like, rude. And then just saying, like, she's not an anomaly. An anomaly. And all this stuff. And just, She is an anomaly. It's this, And, like, this is the thing. Like... So she is significant now because she had COVID. But if how many people have died from the vaccine? It's not covered. And they're completely insignificant. And, and the media treat them like that's nothing because yeah. that's just an anomaly. Don't worry about it. And it's yes. like that's the same fucking tactic yes. you're fucking saying for this bitch that died. Like, oh my god, it's so fucking unfair. And if she'd been vaccinated, if they'd announced, if it somehow had I been, I bet she was. That's why they didn't fucking say exactly. Anything, that's what yeah. I mean. But like, say it, say say it had been on her social media. Oh look, I got the jab, mm-hmm. and they couldn't hide the fact that she They'd was vaccinated. They would the have fucking swept it under the exactly. rug. And, and I imagine yeah. it has happened. Mm-hmm. I imagine mm-hmm. there's been plenty of vaccinated people that yeah. have died, uh-huh. and it. It's just swept under the yeah, fucking rug. it would be. It's so... Now they're changing the story to like, oh yeah, it doesn't stop all the um, cases of COVID, but it stops the severe cases from getting yeah. to ICU. Yeah. Once again, there's no mention about all the people in ICU now. The studies that came out said 86% of all ICU patients with COVID who needed to be in ICU had nearly no levels of vitamin D in their system. Yes, yeah. Did they, were they given prophylactic ivermectin? No. No. Like, why don't we give all the people who are at risk, like, the option to have over... If I was a leader, I would be like, hey, we're going to try and make these vaccinations available to everybody, every age group. And then also for the people who are concerned, we're going to have ivermectin available or hydroxychloroquine, whatever the fuck. And vitamin D. And, but yeah, and like we're going to encourage you to like I don't know, yeah, like even just synthetic vitamin D, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's like, better than nothing. Like, like we can work together through this. I know we all have different views, you know. Instead, it's like vaccinate <laughs> and suppress every all the good shit about the and, and wear a mask and stay yeah. indoors and socially isolate and and do all these things that are mm-hmm. well documented mm-hmm. to lower the immune system. Mm-hmm. 
you know, staying inside is so detrimental. Yeah. You know, one, you're not touching the earth. Two, you're not getting mm-hmm. the vitamin D. Three, you're just not outside in Especially the sunshine, breathing, breathing the fresh air. All these people in Melbourne and Sydney, a lot of them do live in apartments. Yes. If me and you were locked down, yeah. we have fucking can... yards and shit. We yeah. have dirt and soil and we can lay around naked in the sun, like, you yeah. know. But these people are, like, stuck in. And they're probably already vitamin D deficient because of their living, how they live. Like, they yeah. probably work, walk, you know, just yes. live in an apartment. They don't have an outdoor area. They maybe don't have kids, so they don't, they're not forced to go to parks and shit. So they're just, you know. Yeah. And that would be the case for so many people globally. Like, can you think... Yeah. Like, especially mm-hmm. the UK. Populated areas. Even if you had, um, you know, my, my cousin in the UK has got a pretty decent-sized garden for, for the UK. Yeah. There's no fucking sun. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> matter if yeah. you can sit in the garden. There's Fuck no fucking there. sun. Mm-hmm. And especially if you are somebody who's black or whatever. Because yeah. when you're white as fuck and, like, Irish, because hence why they're all pale over there, mm-hmm. because the paler you are, the less sun you need to get your vitamin yeah, yeah. D levels. The darker you are, you can be in the sun all fucking day and you maybe only just meet your vitamin D levels because you don't absorb as much or whatever because you're built for the sun. Yeah. So if you're living in a climate that was built for fucking little whiteies, like, you're totally <laughs> fucked. Yes. Like, there were stories of people who were, like, who were, like, black. I don't even know if blacks... People say black, African-American, whatever the fuck. But if you're a darker skin tone, some of these people had, like, no detectable levels of vitamin D because they were living in the UK and there's yes, no sun. Even yes. when you're white, white, white and you're a ringer and you're white, these people weren't having much vitamin D, let alone if you are somebody who needs more sun and yeah. you can have it. Like, And these people made up the majority of the ICU patients. But no, no, don't worry about that. Let's just blame just the fucking healthy yeah. family down here who are all tan, eating healthy organic food. Fuck you! You're the reason why <laughs> yes. I can't go to my cousin's wedding. It's like, fuck. It's the same with this Freedom Rally. The reasons why people are oh, they are just they are just waiting, oh. waiting, hoping, praying for that fourteen day spike. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They are sitting. I've seen an article already. By connected to the to the fucking rally. They yeah. Said. And did you see they um they said you know how there was like three they said there was only three and a half thousand people at the rallies or whatever there was about twenty thousand people yeah. but and they said they've handed out sixty <laughs> sixty. Uh, uh, 60 people have been charged right. and they've handed out 168 infringement notices <laughs> for the 28 oh. for the 20,000 people that were there <laughs> so like funny. it was this big claim to fame like yeah, yeah we did our part oh yeah you fucking idiots so dumb. the reason like are there this these people that were my friend had a um her sister-in-law had a snap at her about, I can't believe you support these freedom rallies. It's disgusting. Like, you're just really like, okay, psycho bitch. But this bitch wants to get married. She's had her wedding put off. All this shit. And it's like, that's why people, that's one of the reasons why people are fucking rallying yeah. and like protesting yeah. because they're just like you you're just not as, as affected enough and angry enough to get onto the street yeah. you're just still being a good girl who's like no no keep doing what they're gonna do even though we're 18 months in and nothing's really changing every time i see a comment on um like instagram or mostly just instagram every time i see a comment where they're like in support of the lockdowns and stuff i can't help myself and i ask have you been fully fully employed this entire time mm. i've never ever had a response from someone saying no i lost my business no yeah. i haven't worked in 18 months mm-hmm. no my restaurant's about to close no like I've never had yeah. that kind of response it's always the people pushing for harsher lockdowns mm-hmm. are sitting from a place of complete comfort yeah, uh-huh. and have no uh, you know exactly. I'm sitting in a place of complete yeah, comfort same. like it, I was never affected no not it. at all mm-hmm. not at all um so you can see why some people would be like oh yeah who cares like yeah. you know I get to sit at home and do my job and yeah. and I get paid for it yeah once again it's like 
I get the initial stage. It's like, are our hospitals going to be absolutely fucked? We know now. You should have had your ducks in a row well, by even, now. Even statistically, they've announced that only 30... And, and I know 30,000 people is a fuckload of people, but mm-hmm. how many people die annually in Australia anyway? Yeah, exactly. You know, 30,000 people. Yeah, okay, well, yeah. whatever. Uh-huh. That's what they estimate that would have happened if we had gone for a herd immunity right. um, style... Like natural herd immunity, just like... Like Sweden. Right. They reckon we would have lost 30,000 people. Okay. But instead, how many businesses have we destroyed? Yeah. How many mm-hmm. lives have we destroyed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sorry, but most of those people, mm-hmm. statistically, the mm-hmm. evidence will show, yeah. statistically, most of those people that died would have been exactly. above the average age for and mortality in Australia anyway. This is what does my head in when they're like, we just don't know how it's going to affect you. Yes, you do. Yeah. There's stats now. We know <laughs> yes. it could affect you. You could be the 0.1%. Yeah. But we know you're probably going to be fine. But when they put out there, we just don't know. Like, when the, like I could just imagine the disgusting fuckers in those journalism rooms and uh. shit rubbing their hands together when that 38-year-old died. All right, all the headlines, we're going to say a 30-year-old, somebody in their 30s died. They're just sick cunts, these people. Like, I'm just like, oh, disgusting. And they're like, we just don't know how it's going to react in you. It's like... Literally, we do. Like, there's yeah. stats. What are you acting like you don't also, know how it could affect somebody? Also, though, if if you're if you're sitting at home and you think, I don't want to take the risk. Mm. I don't want to get long COVID. I, I don't want to take that mm-hmm. risk. Cool, motherfucker, stay home. Exactly. I think as Keep a Keep wearing your mask. Go yeah. get your vaccine. The community will support you. Let the people yeah. out who want to be out and whatever. And there are going to be this benefits to them keeping their job and they're going to be healthier on some yes. levels anyway because they're doing that. Like, exactly. we need to... You can't keep this even zero just the remo- Even just the removal of choice affects you. Yeah, definitely. Because that, that's the only thing that has affected me. The... the Mm-hmm. Not being able, you know, my my father in law, I've had to change his flights fucking ten times mm-hmm. to send him home. Mm-hmm. Just the removal of choice to go and visit my family in New South Wales yeah. mm-hmm. hurts me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I feel like a caged animal. Yeah, I have the whole of Queensland to explore, mm-hmm. but I still feel like a caged animal. Yeah, you know, I can I can only imagine how these people feel in yeah. other places. Like it's just yeah. And the media, fuck, I'm just waiting for Instagram oh. to re-download because I save. I've started um, saving things so I can yeah. share it all on a Sunday. Uh-huh. But um, there was one that was really good this dude shared it from a press conference in New South Wales yeah you know the Choa just got up and was saying some shit and then the fucking cunt journalists the questions they ask made me sick were they like leading questions they were like um are you going to involve the military are you going to go door to door and check that people aren't in each other's homes um actually like they they're pushing for yeah they love it yeah they love it they they want it to be harsher they want it to be worse they want it yeah. you, you seen that meme and it's a cartoon and it's like um, govern me harder day. yes 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 <laughs> there was this chick that was I turned on Sky News because I can't watch anything in this fucking house unless it's like kids shit yeah yeah you know, so the day I woke up early and I was like I put Sky News on and um, I watched it for eight like for a little bit. And then um, they were interviewing this woman who lived in an apartment complex in Sydney and there'd been a couple cases of COVID in the complex. And she's sitting there and she's talking to the fucking Zoom call to the TV channel. And she's like, I just think if we had police guard at our entrance of our apartment complex, we would have avoided this. We just needed more police presence. And I was just like, this bitch is just like that man. Like, govern me harder, control me yes. harder, daddy. Like, you, I'm literally like... 
a little, you know, what's that in the SMN thing? Like with SNM, what are the people? Oh, like, submissive. submissive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a little submissive bitch here. Like, yeah. I was like, this is sick joke. Like and she did... wanted more police presence. Oh, it makes me. She wanted people to check. Like, you know, what we just said then about she wanted people, if the police were there, they would have been able to check more about who was in, in, in each other's apartments. Makes me literally uh... sick. So, um, did you hear that interview of Scott Morrison and he said that um, everyone – so he was talking about that person that – I think it was last week there was a, a case where it was indisputable that it was either a woman or a man, I don't know the specifics, died after getting the vaccine. They died oh, okay. within like hours right. of receiving the vaccine. Okay. And he – Scott Morrison in his press conference said um, – it's tragic. I'm really sorry for what happened to the family, but everyone has a choice whether they take the vaccine or not, and your health is your responsibility. Oh, exactly right, bitch. So why don't you say is, that normally? Is that not what we've been fucking it, campaigning for for the last 18 oh, months? Oh, my God. These people are So when it such... works for them, exactly. when someone's died of the vaccine, mm-hmm. oh, your health is your responsibility, That's Sarah. Yeah. But when That's you want to go and earn a fucking living, yep. no, you have to do what the state mandates. It's so disgusting and it's so fucking bad. Yeah, I think this is it. Did you know that Sutton Frick, that's like the health dude, when they said about the the, uh, journalist brought up the PCR test and about the influenza not perhaps being picked up as COVID cases and Sutton, who's a senior fucking health minister in the country, he is the health minister, I don't know. Sutton is the federal. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. He said, um, we just don't have influenza in the community. Yes, I know, I saw that. (laughs) Can he hear himself? Other people listening to that, I was like, "You." So you're just saying one time, this one time in history, we don't have flu around, and people are going to believe this. (laughs) Oh my god! But Sarah, people do believe it. It's so bad. It it hurts. hurts. And this is when I see this type of thing, and that's when I get into my mood of like, die then, just die. Like seriously, like you can't be helped if you fall for this shit. I know, right? So I was talking to, you know, um, Luke, the astrologer I was telling mm-hmm. you about. So I was talking to him and we hashed over River's birth and I and and I saw, I, I, and everything's so good with River's birth now. I'm so Yeah, fun. cool. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, um, and so then we started talking about the vaccine and he said, he's like, what are you worried about? And I was like, I'm worried that they're going to come knocking on my door. Mm. I'm worried that Australia is going to get to a point where I can't live my life because yeah. I refuse to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm worried about. I will survive. Mm-hmm. I will raise beautiful humans yeah. and we will make it work. Mm-hmm. But I want them to be able to go to New York City. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I want to take them. And not quarantine and be vaccinated. Yes. Yeah. I want to do these things with my children. And mm-hmm. I feel like we, as humans living on this earth, we are entitled mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and I said, I guess my ultimate concern is that they could somehow force it on us yeah you know because mm-hmm. then i would literally shoot motherfuckers and end up in jail <laughs> yeah yeah um, and then be forcefully vaccinated in jail exactly <laughs> um but he said and he he's he made a really good point he's like what did you learn at, about river's birth like in the hospital what did you learn and i said mm-hmm. i learned that saying no mm. is enough yeah right mm-hmm. i do not consent mm-hmm. is enough yeah that's all we need 
Mm-hmm. You know, no one is really. And, and as much as people are like, it's going down this track, I think it is. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think we're going down a very scary communist path. Mm. I think that's a fair way off for now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that we could really get ourselves out of that if we try mm-hmm. hard enough. Um, but I don't think it's ever going to be in the situation where someone comes knocking on your door the, yeah. with the army and forcefully inv- yeah. vaccinates you. Mm-hmm. So. To know that I, all I have to do to protect my children is say, I do not consent. Yeah. And no, you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. That's enough. Yeah, it is. I think it gets scary when, um, like, it's all scary, but, like, if they're going to say things about, like, your child needs to be vaccinated to come to school, yeah. I feel so bad for the families that can't just have a yes, parent drop so off from work and then they yeah. can't homeschool. So they, they're probably thinking, like, well, how the fuck am I going to support myself in our yeah. lifestyle when my kid, and they, and, if they want to get the kid vaccinated, they're fine. But yeah. once again, if you don't want it, you're completely yeah. fucked. And yeah. it's just like, but we've been, what are they going to do? We've been on that track for a while now with all that no judgment. No, mm-hmm. You know, they, they showed, um, someone just shared before I came over here, yeah. a graph showing where the most vaccine hesitancy is. Yeah, where is it? Queensland. Is it? Yeah. Good. See, yeah. that's the bogey in us too. We're like, I fuck, know. you can't. Yeah, I've seen this. It's but I was also, I also realised we are one of the few states that still have, um, you know, no, they can go to kindy. They can oh, go to daycare. Yeah, right. You just don't get your rebate, but they can still go. Yeah. Whereas New South Wales, South know. Australia, Western Australia, Victoria, yeah. mm-hmm. all of them have no jab, no play. So your kid cannot go to early childhood Interesting. facilities at yeah. all. So a lot of those families would have already migrated to Queensland. Yeah, that's true. I just, we need to have a, have a haven, you know? Like, yeah. Well, Northern Territory and Queensland for now yeah, okay. are both, um, and Tassie, but I don't think yeah. Tassie's far off doing it. This is, my mum would say, a bit too vulgar. And I didn't find it <laughs> as funny because I do like swearing, but I thought, but I was like, yeah, man, this reminds me of a Queenslander, even though it's Victoria bitter. Dogs, mate, make sure you get the yeah, you go to your dogs, mate. Make sure you get the vaccine. I'm telling you, I'm having a vaccine now. It's got a wee, wee, fuck, a long neck. You fucking dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a Queenslander, probably. Like, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, we are. We are super bogan. Yeah. But, you know, like, my father-in-law's visiting at the moment, and he's going home. We had to change his flight, so he has to leave two days early, which mm. is sad. But um, he, and he even said today, he's like, I said, I asked him if he's looking forward to going home and he said, oh, I am. He said, but I'm not. He mm. said, it's been so nice up here not having to mm. wear a mask, not having to do all that yeah. shit. And I'm like, yeah, fuck that. That's so shit. I just can't imagine. And then Chris and I were talking to Ronnie last night and we were saying how there's going to be this whole generation of, of babies that have grown up. Mm. And if you're a family that do wear masks and all that sort of stuff, like I've never exposed my children to it. Mm-hmm. They would only see the odd person here or there. Yeah. We've never gone, they've never gone out in a mandate or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be this whole generation of children that are raised in this whole mask mm-hmm. and this fear, you know, yeah. and that, that's trauma. Yeah. That's trauma creating. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's just, yeah. there's no acknowledgement of what that's doing to children. Mm-hmm. I feel intimidated when I go out and I see people in masks. Yeah. Imagine how kids feel mm-hmm. when they, because yeah, they, right. they rely on those social cues from facial expressions yeah. so much. When I see like the newborn babies and the mum wearing the mask, yes. I just want to vomit. I'm Same. Like, what the fuck makes you think you're a threat to your baby right now? Even if you had COVID, that baby's in you and it's, it's yes. feeding you and it's feeding off you. It's fine. It's going to be fine. And all the, so far, it's been considered completely fine if you've got COVID and you're a new mum. You should yeah, stay yeah. with your baby. Like, yeah. it's protective. I couldn't think of anything worse than if a baby's been exposed to COVID, yeah. even if the source is to the mother. To be withdrawn from the mum. To then withdraw the... Yeah. the like, what the fuck? Yes. Oh, my God. 
Did you see the New South Wales Health there? Um, and this is why that mum of mine, that friend of mine in Sydney is considering home birth so heavily now. Yeah. They have said um, that if you are a high-risk mother, mm-hmm. they haven't stipulated what constitutes a high risk. Yeah, because that could that's fucking anyone's opinion. Yeah. Um, the baby must be tested within 48 hours of birth or something. And then if the baby... If you're, you both must be tested, sorry, and if you're found positive, the baby goes to a NICU, neither parents can see the baby, and you and you have to stay in isolation for 14 days, and you're not allowed to see your baby for 14 days. If that doesn't encourage you to do a home birth, Literally. you fucked. Or if you want to be at hospital, for like obvious reasons, obviously people want to be at hospital, but like get your baby and fucking leave. Yes. You can leave. Yeah, and, and if you they can try decline to a medical you, procedure. Say, I'm calling the police because you are about to abduct my baby. Yeah. Even and they will say that will say some shit to you about yes. like, but we really need to monitor this because there's a hypothetical reason you could have a fucking blah, 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 and they'll rattle off a bunch of stats and then just say, well, could you please print that information out for me? I'm going in 20 minutes, so I can't. So hurry up, yes. go like come back if your baby's not well because guess what, your baby's probably fine. And if it maybe if it's a bit iffy, like we shouldn't give uh, medical advice, but I am like if your baby's a bit iffy, like not iffy as in gonna die, but like you know maybe a bit you know like i don't know just go home and put it on you you are the niku yes yes so go into your bedroom put that baby on your skin to skin yes feed it constantly be with it constantly your baby will be fucking fine like seriously it doesn't need to be separated in a plastic container with a fuckwit nurse 14 days on formula robbing it it, yeah doing all this bullshit you're stressing out you're fucking it's like that's the worst thing you could do Go the fuck home. Refuse testing. Fucking adios, motherfucker. I'll be back if there's a problem. Yep. Babies don't die quick. No. You, if you will notice if it's a bit off, and you just fucking go back. Yes, yeah. and and they're like dogs. If they stop feeding, you probably got a problem. <laughs> yeah, they stop peeing. <laughs> yes. Maybe a problem. Yes. God, man. That's the thing, though. Like when raising we're... babies 101. They drink. They eat. <laughs> literally. If they're That's drinking fine. and shitting, you're good. <laughs> yeah, literally, man. <laughs> The best thing you could have is a cluster feeding baby. Yes, it, I, I, it always blows my mind when women are like, to you. I'm so worried something's wrong, my baby won't stop feeding. Uh, no, everything's it's, fine. It's on the IV drip of life, man. Yes. It's like on your body, feeling your heartbeat, got all your your bacteria on it, colonizing on it. It's yeah. fucking magical. And then we'll never make it out like it is. It is like, holy shit. Man. If somebody even fucking dared to I know, say, right? Like that, just the the Nikki nurse that wanted to do all those of these little yeah. She, she, I remember she said to me, she's like, what did she say? I need, I need, I need numbers. I rely on facts and numbers, and I don't have any because you won't let me do the tests. Do you want to smack me? Like, do you want to get a ruler out and smack my hand? I don't really, I don't really give a fuck what you feel or what you think, bitch. Like, fuck off. I can see my daughter. I can feel my daughter. She's fine. Yeah. Get the fuck away from me. These people do it to themselves. There is so many things, so many topics, so many issues in childbirth that blatantly goes against evidence, goes against biology. And, like, they breach our trust all the fucking time. They've got no one to blame except themselves. Yeah. When it comes to women not wanting to trust their shit. Because most of the time babies are fine. Most of the time mothers are fine. And all the shit they do is so extra. It's, like, extra as fuck. And it harms us. Yeah. When a mother is in a NICU and not with a baby that's fat, plump, born vaginally, you know, nothing epics happened. Like we don't want it. We don't want to do more shit. We don't want prophylaxis antibodies. We don't want you to prick them and separate them. Fucking, you're operating out of like a 1970s handbook, cunt. Like Jesus (laughs) fucking Christ. When I was talking to my sister about birth, I said to her about how because I didn't realize that you actually showed me that that um 
you know, current hospital policies and procedures are 10 to 15 years behind current research. Yeah. Uh-huh. And my sister even was like, holy shit. She's yeah. like, I, she goes, I, she goes, I'm not surprised. I, yeah. She said, I didn't realize that. She said, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. And it, it, it is disgusting now that I know that. And I just think mm. every time any woman walks into the hospital to birth or to seek care for a, a, mm-hmm. an infant, you are receiving advice that is 10 yeah. to 15 mm-hmm. years behind current research that's disgusting that is fucking not good enough it's like and i don't i understand why it's like that because it's like think of the biggest cruise ship liner oh for sure sure. the whole system the pharmaceutical company the Mm -hmm. university training the old people like as in the experienced staff on the wards they are all in this system. So yeah. it's like trying to turn this fucking cruise ship around yeah. the minute there's new evidence. It's not going to happen. But it's don't, a slow burn. As a woman, don't read the current research and expect to get that Mm-mm. in when you walk into a you hospital. You need to be smart and savvy. And yeah. it ain't going to happen, sweetie, if you're going to like trust everything they say. No. Oh, but they're really nice and, and they even smile if, at me. And even if you don't trust them, like I don't, I, I, I would vomit yeah. I, 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 I cannot walk into a hospital. I just can't. I cannot walk into a hospital. So if you're someone like me even, you still get railroaded once you're in there because yeah, everything, 100%. you know, if you're moving from a free birth, home birth situation into a hospital, it's genu- if it and if it's been your call, then it is generally, generally an emergency. Mm-hmm. And in an emergency situation, things move quickly yeah. and you need to think and, and, and react on your toes and even then you can still forget shit you know mm-hmm. I, I i talked my way out of a cesarean i talked yeah. my way into a ventus i got i i i had a physiological third stage i remembered everything except they fucking cut her cord and took her away from mm-hmm. me and i know I know the facts. Yeah. I know that yeah. they can leave the court intact and bring mm-hmm. resus to her. But yeah. everything moved so quickly, yeah. I forgot to ask. Exactly, yeah. it's, it, it shouldn't be up to me. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, that is how it is. You are not in power when you're at the hospital. No. It's a not. fact of life. They can say all the little quotes they can put the dumb fucking shit on the wall (laughs) like you're powerful and you're in charge no i'm not like stop fucking trying to dilute me with your shit like it's not i can't you can you can be powerful yeah but you have to be prepared to fucking fight for it yeah definitely and when you're in labor and when you're considering every possible outcome mm-hmm. you can't cover every base when people say like oh but my friend or i had a birth at hospital and i was in charge it's like no you you're probably not aware of what yeah you gave away yeah until you have a literal free birth home birth at home yeah with a hands-off midwife or something like you don't know what you don't know the no. same as People who like have a only C sections and they're like, my bonding was incredibly amazing. Yeah, it probably was, but you still don't know what you missed out on. No, maybe you know, maybe you're the anomaly that can have a yeah. C section elective and completely be the same hormonally with your baby as a vaginally delivered baby when it was born when it was meant to be born. Like, it's just one of those things. Like, yeah, you can't, you can't. Uh, it's like drawing comparisons to breastfeeding versus formula yeah. feeding. Please do not ever tell me that a baby formula fed from birth yeah. is as connected and bonded to a yes. mother that breastfeeds exclusively yeah. from birth. And because just fucking own it. Like if I fucking, yes. like, if I had my boobs cut off, I couldn't access um, 
donor milk. Yes. And I had to formula feed. I'd be like, thank you, baby Jesus, for formula, my baby. Of course. I would always fucking recognize the science and the hard work of all the millions of mothers around the world that breastfeed constantly on demand all the time. I would not belittle them. And I would be like, you know, I fucking totally get my baby is at a disadvantage, probably health wise, because I had to do this. But they're alive and I'm fucking that's cool. Yeah. Breastfeeding is the ultimate, obviously. No one should fucking did it. Yeah. What the fuck? I don't like, and you know, yeah, I don't know. It's just like so. Like, why can't you just say that? Like, I would, I feel like I would say that. And it's like the mother that goes back to work. Yeah. Just say you like it. I, just, I fucking love it because, like, my kids are I get insane. A, I, get a, I get a break. Some people you know? can't do the 24 7 kid no, thing. No. So just fucking say it. <laughs> Don't start fucking shitting on mums who are at home. Exactly. Just stay in your lane, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. It's like, um, so, one of our avid listeners, um, <laughs> she was messaging me the other night and she flats with her brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know who you are and I want you to go and get your brother right now while you're playing our pod because this next bit is for him. <laughs> what did this motherfucker say? So she was listening to our podcast because um, yeah. they live together right? and she was listening to it in the lounge or kitchen oh, or like, whatever. Oh, so like it was loud. So it was really loud. <laughs> Fuck, I really need to make sure the editing. Yeah, I know. Fuck. And he comes in and he's like, can you please turn it down? He's like, I don't really want to listen to tinfoil daily. <laughs> I know, right? So China lab leak virus last year was getting it was censored. a bat. Now, yeah, yeah, it probably came from the lab. Yeah. So what the Every fuck? PCR testing. The mask can't distinguish shit. between COVID and mm-hmm. flu. Now they've announced it. Yeah. Everything we've said so far has <laughs> fucking come true. So, dude, you might want to borrow some foil off your sister Literally. because we're getting it fucking right. Seriously, like unless you just want to be cucked forever and <laughs> yes. be like a, a govern me harder daddy. <laughs> okay, bitch. <laughs> they will <laughs> find your balls, Zach. Uh, so funny. good. It's hilarious. But um. So thanks for tuning oh, in you know to what it would Tinfoil been? Daily, guys. Yeah, Tinfoil Daily. <laughs> the flat thing, though, if you heard that, he'd probably have a fit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if they got up to that bit yet. <laughs> My brother was like, you're, you're going to lose me on the flat earth. <laughs> yes. I said that to Chris. I was like, we probably just lost all our listeners. <laughs> I come clean about the flat earth. <laughs> oh, that's so funny, man. Uh, you're not forcing anyone no. to be injected. I, don't, I would rather flat earthers around me any day yeah. than motherfuckers who are so convinced of everything they see on the news and they believe everything on the news and and they want to inject me and my fucking family. Yeah, or they're going to bully me if I don't. Like, go fuck off. And I think, I think that's where the line in the sand is, you know? Yeah. I don't give a fuck what you think, what you do, what you feel. I don't yeah. care if you want to stay in your home. I don't care if you want to wear a mask. I don't care if you want to get a vaccine. I don't care if you want to keep the international borders closed indefinitely for the rest of our fucking lives. Just stop enforcing your shit on me. Yeah, mm-hmm, all right? exactly. Because I I have the right to live my life however mm-hmm. I see fit. Exactly. And I'm not hurting no one. No. If I'm sick, exactly. I stay home. Always have. But Pre-COVID the media, even. the media have convinced people you are hurting. Yes. You know, that's Do the you see ScoMo's fucking comment saying that um, if if vaccine hesitancy, basically, if vaccine hesitancy continues, we're going to have to start looking at um, putting restrictions on the unvaccinated because they're a danger to others and a danger to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, you stupid cunt. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Um, the belief, this is Alex Zeg. the belief that oh, limiting, yes, I love him. he's such a, and I didn't know, his mum is Ali? Ali Zek. Yeah. Yeah, and then Emma Zek is his sister. Oh, 
Oh my god. The belief that limiting contact with other humans, restricting natural breathing, sanitizing everything in sight, listening exclusively to those who keep us in fear, and injecting ourselves with known toxins somehow produces health is exactly why we continue to be sick. Yes. Hang on, that's not the one I was thought I was gonna mm, There was one it was literally about just like the way they treat people who take their health in their own hands. Oh, like I'm a twenty nine year old um that one? Yeah. I've got heaps of his saved because I just love him. Oh, this is reminding me of you too. I am already doing my part to society by keeping healthy, eating well, not smoking and exercising. Haven't needed a hospital service in years or taken up valuable resources. But being a guinea pig and risking my health for others is asking too much. Thank God for informed consent. And this one. Healthy people are not vectors of disease. Healthy people do not require a product that only allegedly reduces symptoms of disease. Your disease state is a unique combination of toxins, trauma, malnutrition and EMF exposure. Mm -hmm. Becoming healthy is your responsibility. Yeah. And um, as soon as you – like I shifted – I still haven't completely got into the whole – you know, viruses don't cause illness. They, uh-huh. they just trigger detox. Yeah. I, I, I don't fully understand it all yet, completely yet. But mm-hmm. the last time we were sick, which was that... Um, Holiday one? I had a bit of a cough. Yeah. And, it, mm-hmm. and it, in, instead of looking at it as trying to rid my body of something, mm-hmm. I supported my body to detox. Yeah, right. And this uh-huh. is the first time that we've been sick that I kind of tackled it that way. Mm-hmm. So normally I would like mega dose vitamin c i'd sit in the sun i would take zinc i would take you know I'd, i've got um oyster extract tablets you know for, for zinc and i would do all these things to boost my immune system mm-hmm. this time though i tackled it as I, my body needs to detox right and i got so much quicker so much better What'd so much quicker do? so i took um knack which is n-acetylene mm-hmm. n-acetylcysteine right which is a um hard to explain it boosts glutathione production right. mm-hmm. so it helps you detox um i dry brushed oh yeah i did sit in the sun still mm-hmm. um and and probably more than yeah. i normally would so i sat in the sun um and i took pbx which is like a zeolite oh, okay. suspended in colloidal silver is that like trs yes it's so it's like trs but trs is synthetically produced oh. and pbx is naturally okay occurring um and i took um Fulvic acid and mm-hmm. just instead of thinking, even just the thinking, I think changed yeah. the way my body responded. You know, instead of thinking there's something inside my body that's making me sick, I need to get yeah. rid of it, uh-huh. or I need my body to fight it. Yeah, I just thought mm-hmm. my body's overcome. Yeah, I need to get rid of it. Yeah, right. You know, uh-huh. I need to get rid of all this, all the toxins in my body. Yeah, interesting. And oh, and I Epsom salt bathed. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I didn't Epsom salt foot bath before that's that all over the steps shit, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't so our new our new pool yeah will be a giant epsom salt bath oh sweet yeah it's a mad what pool what do you mean do it's you a mad have... pool a what it's a oh, mag magnesium pool. yeah oh my god yeah so it's just got magnesium chloride in it that's it coming over yeah you'll yeah. wake up at midnight on the full moon <laughs> yes. can i menstruate in your pool <laughs> <laughs> i think stop will fucking veto that <laughs> Yeah, so it was the first time yeah. I've done that, and I'm, I, there's a book I'm reading. I'm yeah. sort of only halfway through it. it called, mm-hmm. It's called Contagion. Oh, okay. And apparently, it's like the Bible for viruses don't make you sick. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's almost like highlighting like what you're like something's off. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this reminds me of something. There was a study done. It was a small study, and it was talking about. I think it was talking about the f- 
PUFAs again. PUFAs, yeah. And so what it was on was it was pigs or some shit. I don't know what animal they used. But they gave 30% of the diet constantly was alcohol. And um, they fed them. Were the pigs drunk? I can't. I don't know. That would have been I, so cool. I saved it, but it was a couple of weeks ago, so it'll take me too long to find it. But basically what it was was... Um, these the the ones that ate healthy with no like chemi- extra shit and like no pesticide food and all this stuff and stuff that ate very healthy with no P- PUFAs and stuff um didn't get cirrhosis didn't have mm. the organ damage that the pigs that drink the same amount um or were exposed to the same amount of alcohol every single day those ones went downhill really they went downhill really fast their organs were much more damaged rah, rah, rah. And they said, like, this isn't the thing to say, like, be an alcoholic, but eat really healthy and your organs will do better. It was more like people who are in the throes of alcoholism or whatever, like, as a healthcare practitioner or whatever, like, encourage them to just cut out all the crappy food, like, and it will help their organs. This is not what my husband needs to hear, Sarah. (laughs) I I see it, I'm like, this is some enabling shit. Because I'm I'm on the verge of getting him to quit beer. (laughs) But I thought how interesting and it makes sense is like the healthier your body is, the healthy alcohol is a toxin. Yes. The healthier you can detox it and get it the fuck out of your body. It's still going to damage you, but not if your body's healthy in a diet. Like if you're eating a spectacular diet, but you sink and piss every day, which is kind of an oxymoron. (laughs) But it's your body fares so much better. and You're not probably going to get to like end stage liver fucking disease as quick as somebody who's eating like a pig. Yeah. plus drinking like badly but i was like interesting yeah well it just shows how wise the body is exactly you know it puts the resources where it needs to uh-huh. and it's getting the correct nutrition and everything yeah. that it needs from foods mm-hmm. so it's not having to detox food and alcohol exactly yeah yeah it's all that like you're still like if you're drinking alcohol you're still further off than, than somebody who doesn't yeah but it was just highlighting like perhaps increasing diet and then also like if, if somebody is having alcoholism problems whatever if they're eating more healthier yeah. perhaps it's enough to try and get the brain to yeah well start into sign a helpless sober mode or whatever i've started i've got so many books on the go at the moment and i keep yeah. like flitting whenever i feel called yeah. to one um this so is me yeah <laughs> so i started another book called how to do the work oh, yeah. and it's more it, so it's written by a psychologist mm-hmm. but she now calls herself so she studied psychology and did her masters and all that sort of stuff and she was a practicing psychologist and she in her own life, she kept coming across these problems and she's like, why do I keep having mm-hmm. these problems? Anyway, she said she had like an epiphany one day and she realized that she needed to treat the whole body. Yeah. We still separate our emotional yeah. intelligence from our well-being, mm-hmm. but they're so intertwined. Mm-hmm. The gut has, you know, the vagus nerve travels from the gut to the brain and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and we so often treat our body and then treat our brain. We never treat them together. Mm-hmm. So this is what her book does. It treats them both. Cool. So she now calls herself a holistic psychologist. Mm-hmm. Fucking epic yeah. book. Um, but she was saying how... So the number one thing that she says to people when you start on her how to do the work, um, fix your gut. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is the first thing she says. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you got a bad, if you got a sad, unhealthy gut, mm-hmm. you got all sorts of fucking yeah. problems mm-hmm. emotionally, physically, mm-hmm. and, and spiritually, everything. Yeah. It, our gut is so fucking mm-hmm. valuable. Yeah. The same as like Kelly Brogan stuff. Yeah. Do you know Dr. Robert Cowan? Cowan? Yeah, yeah. He used to be a cardiologist. Yes. Like constant. And um, now he like, 
like works with people who are on the heart transplant lists and yeah. he gets them off, off it. Yeah. And he said like a one portion is of course diet and all this stuff, but he said, especially for men, a massive thing of guys with like bad heart diseases, they've had like heart brokenness. Yes. He said like when you emotionally have a heartbreak in life, and often a lot of these men, it was like to do with their mothers or like yeah, a yeah. lover or something. Well, and that's what a lot of that book is. Yeah. Going back and doing yeah. um, all those childhood traumas. So yeah. there's this thing called, um, and this isn't a pity party in any way, but there's this thing I didn't realize called adverse childhood events right and there's 10 questions Mm -hmm. and if you get a six or higher you are considered to have had a very traumatic childhood right Mm -hmm. i got a six really i would not have considered my childhood traumatic and they're very simple questions yeah did your parents get divorced did anyone commit suicide did anyone go to jail yeah um were you ever you know belittled were Mm -hmm. just very simple questions uh but that is just so telling yeah. of how Im- mm-hmm. how much impact your childhood has yeah. on the rest of your life yeah. and they and she was saying that there's so many studies that prove time and time and time and time again mm-hmm. how trauma creates disease yeah mm-hmm. you can eat the best diet you can exercise mm-hmm. you can get sunshine you can do all that stuff but if you don't also focus you've said it mm. so many times which is what drew me to the book yeah. if you don't focus on that emotional and spiritual like your soul Food. Your soul, hundred yeah. percent. If you don't focus mm. on that as well, yeah. there's no point doing all the other stuff. Yeah, it's that whole mind, mm-hmm. body, soul yeah. connectiveness. I remember doing a thing once, and it was some like somebody invented some kind of like questionnaire. It was all about like for women, and it was like like not how abused you are or whatever and I was like I don't want to do this shit because this fucking victimhood like um, you know but it was basically all about like um, oh, I think I was talking about how much I couldn't even tell you but it was kind of like it was probably 50 questions it was a lot of them and it was saying um, it was things like are you gay or like um, how many times did you have sex when you didn't want to yeah yeah like yeah. or how many times were you groped or your body was touched when you didn't want them to and Things which I'm like, oh, interesting. Like this would... Things that would happen to everyone. Yeah, like especially when you think about chicks and especially if you're in like a party environment or something. Yeah. And I was just like, this is fucking standard procedure for like most chicks. But it was kind of like... It come to a point you're like, well, this is nearly everyone. Like yeah. most chicks go through it, which is like almost, is it normal then? Like even though it's completely abnormal and it creates like trauma responses in us and affects our marriages and everything. Yeah. But you're like, well, if it's happening to fucking everyone, yeah. it's almost like this, it's become normalized, you know? Yeah, which is so sad. So sad. And then, and then like, I'm nearly finished this book. It's really yeah, excellent. Cool. You should read it. It's yeah. really good. Um, What's it called again? How to do the work. Oh yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so good. And you start, obviously, you draw, I I have been anyway, I think obviously about myself and the work I need yeah. to do, but then I also think about the work I need to do for my kids. Yeah. You yeah. know, so I'm not creating the same trauma same for them. Same yeah. Yeah, obviously, like my kids have got a hell of a better childhood than I had, but yeah. um, there are still some things that I've done that I think, fuck, you know, they yeah. would answer one, to, they would answer at least yes to one of those <laughs> yeah. questions, you know? But if you don't answer at least one, your parents are probably fucking psychopaths. It can go both ways. Exactly. You're like psychopaths because you abuse your children children or like you're that good it's like what's the matter with you yeah. and now your kids have no sense of humor because nothing yes. bad happened like, yes. you have well it says <laughs> it even says in the book that um a score of one to three is normal okay cool yeah um, yeah so there's gonna be at least some kind of shit yeah <laughs> yeah because one of them is even just um have you shoved I've shoved Tanner heaps of times oh I remember Get the one, fuck out of here yeah I remember once <laughs> Raymond was going off at must have been Chloe and I just it was just automatic. I just pushed yes. him away from her. And I was like, oh, sorry, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but then, yeah, at the end of the day. And I know it's probably a bad way to think about it, but I'm like, dude, there are some people. Like, oh, yeah. You just drive around sometimes. And, but this is the thing with, like, um, 
So there was very quickly before we end, there was this big study and actually it was called, you know, this very, very popular, like famous podcast called oh, something medics. I can't remember. Anyway, they talk about, oh, fuck, what was it? Anyway, what they did was back in the 60s, whatever, they did all this, this massive study and they involved all these people. And it was basically like poor kids or kids that grow up in, like, shitty neighbourhoods, shitty parent life. Like, their parents aren't together. Like the real low de- demographic. Real, yeah. Yeah. They, Socioeconomic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They would bring in, um, and I think it was based on men and, like, so males, and they would bring in somebody who was doing, like, well, or just was, like, coping with life, you know? Like, so they'd bring in a mentor into these boys' lives, and they would see the mentors a couple times a week. And so they had a group, a study group of fucking, you know, like, maybe 3,000 people or whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how big it was but just say it was 3,000 people 1,500 had mentors come and visit them twice a week hop in the car go for a drive do whatever the fuck they did and the other 1,500 didn't then they recreated the study because the whole point of the studies is like if you can replicate it it probably had meaning if you can't it's probably bullshit and currently as an aside they're saying in these massive psychology journals that over 50% cannot be replicated there are so many studies that are bullshit they'll put it in the media like it's you know but it means nothing so, and this was going back a few years ago that I listened to this one. So what happened was they went back and checked on these 3,000 kids. And um, basically, the ones that had mentors did way worse. The ones that didn't were fine, like were much in a better position. True. And the hypothesis was, which went against social um, program funding and all yeah, this stuff, yeah, yeah. was that these kids were in their environments with their family mem- members, no matter how... like. It was obviously dysfunctional, yeah. but to them it was, it was their normal, life. Yes. So yeah, maybe my uncle Johnny's drunk and fucking yes. punching walls, but they cope with it, whatever. So the hypothesis was was that the kids that had mentors come in could see how bad their lives were. Yes. And it was it was kind of and they were like, "Fuck, I can't do as yes. good as that person. I'm never going to be able to get out of my house." And so they did worse. Like a lot of them were in jail. They just had um. Yeah, so, and who knows, like, psychology is so shady with all the shit, but I was like, that's so interesting. And they said it was suppressed, obviously, because massive money behind social programs and, like, getting children to do this and to do that. But it was like the ones that were just left alone. Yeah. Fared better. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, we looked at becoming foster parents, Mm -hmm. um, but only for... So I've been close a few times over the years. Yeah, but only for respite care. Mm -hmm. Um, So respite care is when you look after children that already are in foster care, but the foster family might be going on holidays and the foster child can't go because of, you know, parenting visitation agreements or um, oh. or it is a child, you know, with high needs. Mm-hmm. So that foster parent needs a break. Yeah. Um, so respite care, you usually only have them for a weekend or maybe a week mm-hmm. and then they go back. Yeah. Anyway, so the lady came over for the home visit. We only had Tanner and Cody at that stage. <clears throat> The lady came over for the home visit and we had at that stage a three bedroom house. And I said to her, I said, oh, Tanner and Cody can share a room and, and you know, the foster, the foster kid can have their own room if that's what they need. And she said, no, no, these children prefer to sleep in a crowded room. She yeah, said, because wow. that's what they're used to. Mm. Um, so she said, you know, and I said, oh, well, Tanner's room's got a trundle. Mm-hmm. Would, you know, is that appropriate? And she said, yeah, that's what we would prefer. Wow. So though not really what you're talking about but at least those 
that's being honoured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what these kids are used to yeah. is mm-hmm. at least being honoured. Yeah. And, the, and this was m- mostly Indigenous children. Yeah. So they are mm-hmm. used to crowded homes and, mm-hmm. and sleeping on mattresses with five other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least that was still sort of being honoured and, and acknowledged. Statist- yeah. And statistically speaking, people will be like, you're so racist for thinking overcrowding yeah. only affects Aboriginal people. Of oh, course no. we know it affects white people as well, but on yeah. average... And in this town. Exactly. Like, yeah. On average, this is what we're looking at. Like, yeah. But... And, th- and that's and that's obviously the foster mothers uh, the foster department's experience as well yeah exactly yeah that reminds me when I worked in that psych unit um, so many of the Aboriginal people like because the rooms are um, low stimulus environments which yep. is if you've ever watched Kim and Kanye which you wouldn't have no. Kim and Kanye's tweet well when they were together like their home in LA which is insane it's it just reminds me of a psych hospital because there's nothing it's just white hallways minimalistic as not minimal like crazy minimalistic like a yeah, psych yeah. hospital minimalistic and I'm always like and he's got bipolar and I'm like I bet it was just too much because for these patients it can be too much to have like colours yeah, yeah. decorations and it's too overstimulating anyway so the, the rooms just look like jail cells they look horrible because in my head i'm like god damn can't there be some beautiful rooms for like people who are in here for issues other than like schizophrenia or whatever yeah but so many of the aboriginal men in particular would sleep on the floor every yeah. time yeah. never on the bed and yeah. it's like a common thing because it's like they don't want to you know yeah. that's just their what they've grown up with or whatever and yeah. if that's how they sleep that's how they sleep you can't force them onto a fucking white mm-hmm. man's bed and be like you know yeah because it is a white man's bed. There was no fucking beds here before we fucking arrived. Yeah. So that's what it is. Like, yeah. But, um, yeah, like, but I can, you know, there was people, like, especially the Irish or, like, um, UK midwives that were like, sit up. Like, they just didn't get it. Whereas yeah, like, yeah. they fucking sleep in on the ground. Sometimes if my back's weird or something, you know, if I can't sleep, I'll just sleep on the ground. Chris chooses the floor over the couch most of the time. Yeah. yeah. He's a weirdo. Something about it. Yeah. Hmm. Chris just rang then. He's probably just like, let me come home. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Is that all? Yes. Do you reckon? Oh, yeah. what were you going to say at the end? Oh, it was the Tim Fall Hat. Oh, the Tim Fall Hat. Yeah. 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 Okay, well. I, don't, I don't know his name, so I can't do a personal shout out. Yeah. But I hope you enjoyed the episode. Yeah. Catch you, cans. Catch you, cans. <laughs>